Hi, my name is Amanda Melindo. And I'm Mina Vargas. And this is the very first episode of Creative Confessionals, a podcast dedicated to radically honest conversations about creativity, the arts, and entrepreneurship. We plan to discuss the highs and lows of pursuing a creative life, especially from the perspective of creatives who could be considered marginalized, namely those who are female-identifying, people of color, queer, really anyone who falls outside of the norm. What we're trying to do here is explore the unique obstacles that these artists, designers, and creatives face from new perspectives. But before we go into the specifics of this podcast, we want to share some more information on who we are. Amanda, why don't you start? Yeah, so Mina and I have been best friends for almost 20 years now. We met in elementary school, I think it was second grade, right? Yes. And back then, we couldn't have been any more different. I was actually like this little baby grandma who loved arts and crafts. And I pretty much reached my full-grown height and weight by the time I was 10. So I looked kind of crazy and people (laughs) thought I was like a woman. (laughs) Whereas Mina was this little, tiny, and strangely muscular kid who couldn't stop moving or talking. Also, I was a super good student. Yeah, and I I couldn't sit still at all, ever. Uh, I was like a little baby sugar glider. (laughs) Uh, Really good at climbing things. (laughs) Not unlike a squirrel. Um, (laughs) Elementary school with undiagnosed ADD was, uh, it was rough. We were so different from each other then. Yeah, but somehow we really connected. Yeah, I think a big part of it was our shared love of reading and writing. And Nancy Drew video games. And just detective work in general. Also, Chicago. Yes, we both loved musicals as kids. We still do. But we both grew up, and fortunately, I would say that we really grew together. But the funny thing is, even though we've been super close, I mean, literally, we were roommates for three years, our live paths were very different. Right. Uh, While you were doing things the right way, I was sort of trying to figure things out on my own. I knew I didn't want to go straight to college after I finished high school because I hated high school. (laughs) And while Amanda and our other best friend Kiana left for college, I spent a year back home with my parents, waiting tables at the Olive Garden like a winner. (laughs) Yup, the nicest restaurant in Yuma, Arizona. And meanwhile, I feel like I've always known that I was going to pursue some sort of creative career. And so I went to Arizona State University, got into the honors program, and eventually graduated with my Bachelor of Fine Art in Photography in 2015. This is kind of where things got a little messy for me. Even when I was in school, I knew that commercial or freelance photography wasn't a good fit. I was deeply passionate about photography as an art, but doing it under the direction of other people really ruined my personal practice. Before I actually graduated, I thought I'd end up on a fast-track academic path, finishing up my bachelor's to go straight into an MFA program and eventually finding myself teaching. But I didn't end up submitting applications to grad school during my senior year of college, and my honors thesis, which was a project and exhibition about exploring life after teen pregnancy, really burnt me out. I did, however, secure an internship at a prestigious art center in Colorado the summer after graduation, where I assisted week-long photography workshops. And that's where I met lots and lots of professional artists and was exposed to the many paths artists can take to turn their passion into a career. I learned so much about the art industry, and I decided I didn't want to pursue a master's of fine art anytime soon, if at all. 
And of course, the summer came to an end and I had to leave Anderson Ranch Art Center and start making money. So I came back to Phoenix and was sharing a bedroom with my boyfriend in a house with three other dudes and I found a part-time job in the rentals department of a camera shop about 15 miles away from where I was living. Everything about that time was miserable. And after about six months at Tempe Camera, I decided enough was enough and I needed to figure out what the hell I was going to do to make money because it sure didn't involve photography or art. So I quit my job and I lived off of my tiny savings account for two months. I worked on some unfinished projects and decided that I wanted to pursue marketing and business because I noticed that a lot of the skills I had gained as an artist transferred well into that field. So I finally found a new job as a scriptwriter and a digital marketer at a video marketing agency. It definitely was an upgrade from before. It was a salaried position with okay benefits, but my boss was a little asshole and our clients were insufferable. You know who you are, little asshole. <laughs> and while all of this was going on, I started to realize how long it had been since I made pictures. And I started to think about how a lot of what I was learning about marketing and business could apply to artists in general. So I launched my blog and YouTube channel After Art in the fall of 2016 with the help of the Good and Plenty grant from Scottsdale Museum of Contemporary Art. And that project did exactly what I wanted to. I started to reconnect with other artists and create my own work. But that didn't make my work life any better, so I started to look for another position after just nine months. I think it's hilarious that we have the same approach to finding a new job. We reach a breaking point where we're working and we're just like, I can't take this anymore. I'm better than this. These <laughs> assholes don't deserve me. And then we go home and we apply for like 10 jobs a night <laughs> until we find something better. <laughs> right. We definitely know our worth and we don't waste time if we know things need to change. But fortunately, I found the job I have now, and I absolutely love it. I'm the marketing coordinator at a business incubator, so I help our clients better express their message and connect with their audience. It's really rewarding. But enough with my story. Mina, catch us up on what you were doing in the same time frame and how you've come into your creativity in a much different way. So we finished high school in 2011 and Amanda went into her four-year degree and I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do, but I knew it wasn't more school. But by the end of 2012, I'd had enough of Huma. I knew that no matter what I did next, it would be best for me if I left. Amanda was already living in Phoenix with our other best friend, Kiana, along with 600 other people in the murder house. Mina, there were only five of us. Plus my boyfriend, Mick, who was pretty much there always. And of course, those two wild dogs. It was a lot of fucking people. <laughs> and five out of the six were sharing one toilet and one shower. I'm pretty sure our living situation was illegal. Anyway, I left garbage hole Yuma and moved into the murder house and I started working. I worked so much. I almost died of top ramen related scurvy. It's so true and so sad. <laughs> So when I first moved to Phoenix, I transferred to an Olive Garden in Mesa in a dying mall, Fiesta Mall. It didn't last long, though. It was a nightmare commuting there without a car, and my boss was a crazy cokehead who never wore underwear. So I got a job as a cashier at Walgreens, about a mile from our house. Uh, fun fact about me, I can literally do any job in a Walgreens. Even jobs that don't exist anymore, like working in the photo department. 
Yeah, I could develop your film photos with equipment that Walgreens doesn't even have anymore. But yeah, I was a cashier, and then I was a manager for a while. At 19? Yeah, at uh, age 19, I was a shift leader at Walgreens, leading people that were in their 50s. People were understandably reluctant to take orders from a 19-year-old. It was an interesting time in my life. <laughs> uh, during that time I spent working there, I witnessed the dregs of humanity reaching their various rock bottoms. I can give a great police description. I was threatened on countless occasions. I saw so many things, but I'm usually grateful for it. Uh, I'm better for it. But uh, long story short, I actually ended up working in the pharmacy. I got a pharmacy license through Walgreens entirely by accident. But it was for the better because I was able to make a lot more money than I was making as a manager. And then I left promptly after that because Walgreens pays their pharmacy technicians terrible wages. But once you have a license, you have a lot more options. So I worked in several mail order pharmacies up until last year. Um, and when I started my first mail order pharmacy job, I realized that I exhibited most of the traits of somebody with ADHD. I'm fidgety, impatient, unfocused on anything in particular that I find uninteresting for more than a few seconds at a time. Uh, so I made a doctor's appointment and I explained my WebMD self-prognosis to a doctor while I bounced in my chair. And she was like, yeah, that sounds right. You literally have not stopped moving since you came in here and your eyes are all over the place. And I was like, cool, there's a reason being a person is so hard for me. Now I can adapt. And I learned how to work around it. It was really helpful for me just to have an explanation of why I'm like this. It helped you make sense of why you were the way you were, right? Yeah, I mean, I was never dumb, but I hated school, but it makes a lot more sense now. Fast forward to last year, I was working in Chandler, Arizona, full-time job, benefits, PTO, everything, obviously far from my dream job. It was nothing I was personally interested in, but it was a job. And then in June of 2017, they announced that they were laying off their entire staff. All of the pharmacy technicians, everyone on the phones, all of our pharmacists, literally everybody got laid off. And I had this realization. I was like, you know what? I hate this job. I hate working in pharmacy. I was actually debating on quitting before they even announced that we were being laid off. I decided that I was sick of working jobs I hate. And I was just like, I need to go back to school. I need to pick something I don't hate. I need to pick something that I'm genuinely interested in. That's, I guess, it's how I stumbled into interior design. And it's funny because it's something I definitely grew up rejecting. My mom loved watching HGTV. Trading Spaces was like her jam. And I was always like, oh my God, can I please have the remote? Can we watch literally anything else? And it's funny, um, just I mean, how things come full circle. Because by this time in my life, I was binge watching these design shows like nonstop. So it became something that I was interested in and passionate about. And I had this realization in the middle of a fixer-upper marathon. And I was just like, I can do this. I would like to do this. So, I mean, I can see potential in things. I don't know why it took me such a long time to realize that, but I see potential in things and in spaces. I can envision a room after you've knocked down all of the walls. And I mean, that's, I guess, in a nutshell, how I ended up at Arizona State University as a 24-year-old college freshman. Uh, so I've just completed the first year in a four-year program, and I'm majoring in interior design, and I've actually done it unmedicated. So it's been a really interesting and really difficult year. Uh, I think medication would have made it better and worse, uh, but I made it through and I just found out I passed Milestone, 
which means that I am stuck in this hell for three more years. <laughs> Your schedule's gonna be pretty busy, right? Yeah, I'll be uh, in school full-time uh, and almost full-time at work as well. So uh, as much as I'd like to be here for every episode of Creative Confessionals, once in a while Amanda might have to be interviewing a guest alone. Well, hopefully we can survive without you. And school definitely comes first. But I'm so proud of you. I don't think I've ever seen you work this hard for anything, ever. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've reached some sort of breaking point with mediocrity. I'm just like ready to fight to the death for success. But enough about us. Let's talk about what we're doing here, Amanda. What is Creative Confessionals and why does the world need this podcast? So as we mentioned earlier, this podcast is all about art and creativity, but we're coming at it from a radically honest perspective. Yeah, we're not here to make you feel all warm and fuzzy about choosing a creative life or a creative career. We're talking about real issues we face as artists, designers, and creators. And again, we want to amplify the perspectives of women, people of color, queer, and marginalized groups who are doing amazing creative stuff despite all odds. So in the coming episodes, that's what you can expect to hear. For the most part, we will be interviewing artists and designers who are working really hard to make change with their creativity. And we'll be looking at how they got where they are, what kind of obstacles they faced along the way, the ups and downs of their creative careers, and a lot more. Yeah, I think something that's important to note is that we'll be focusing on the reality of pursuing a creative life. We'll be focusing on their practical, tangible experiences so that our listeners can learn from our guests' experiences and apply that information to their own careers. Right, both Mina and I have struggled to find the time, money, and resources to balance day-to-day -day responsibilities with our creative pursuits. So for us, it's extremely important to share the sacrifices artists make to do what they love. In a way, Creative Confessionals is an extension of the work that I already do for After Art, which is dedicated to creating practical resources, sharing experiences, and increasing accessibility in the arts. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Amanda, really quickly, before we start wrapping up, why don't you go into what inspired you to start this podcast? Yeah, so I applied to an online exhibition on Ain't Bad, which is a website for like contemporary photographers. And this call was geared at female photographers, asking them to essentially submit work that represents femininity as you kind of see it personally. So, you know, I applied because, yeah, a lot of my work seems to fit the bill. And a photo of my grandma brushing my little cousin's hair was accepted, so I was pretty excited about that, and I can go ahead and share that in the show notes. But when they finally published the gallery, my stomach dropped. The curator's statement was really kind of icky. And here's a short excerpt. Quote, this is a collection that barely graces the surface of womanhood. A collection of women photographers who've captured intimacy, softness, tenderness, and most delicately of all, patience. Even the most striking photographs have a gentleness about them. They evoke every desire to observe, yet do not demand attention. Merely attempting to describe the indescribable, these images politely beg your attention. And that's it. So, you know, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth, and it seemed like it had a very selective view of what femininity actually is. That statement alone sounds pretty problematic cliche at best. It sounds like they were looking for a pretty narrow perspective on what it means to be a woman. Absolutely. That statement definitely does not try and push any boundaries on what it means to be a woman, right? 
From the description alone, it should be no surprise that most of the women depicted in the photos were white, of European descent, and mostly really thin. All but my Mexican-American family and one portrait of a black woman. And didn't you say that that photo was taken by a white lady? Yep. So this experience really got me thinking about this push to get female artists, designers, and creative entrepreneurs into the spotlight to supposedly dismantle the white cis male stronghold that has dominated these industries for pretty much ever. But we're still lacking a huge spectrum of representation. Yeah, photos of white women taken by either men or women isn't all that revolutionary. And as a gay lady of color who's pursuing a design degree, there's literally nobody who looks like me that I can look up to. I mean, at least that I'm aware of. I'm sure they're out there, but we haven't come close to learning about them in school, and I wouldn't be surprised if that day never comes, as far as my school goes. And we think that needs to change, along with pretty much every other creative industry. And non-creative, too. Right. But one thing at a time. We already have so much to cover. We plan to interview our guests about stuff like mental health and self-care, financing, debt, the positives and negatives of pursuing a higher education, and all that other fun stuff that surrounds creativity. She's being sarcastic, but it should be fun. Absolutely. That's exactly why I asked Mina to be my co-host. I feel like I'm definitely not funny or entertaining without you. I don't think either of us are funny or entertaining at all, but thanks. You're probably right. So, I think we pretty much covered it. If you're excited to follow along on this journey, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Creative Confessionals. And if you absolutely cannot wait for the next episode, you can check out my website, afterart.com. That's A-F-T-R-A-R-T dot com to see some of my YouTube videos and blog posts that touch on some of the stuff we'll be talking about here in the future. Lastly, we're looking for input and guest recommendations. Let us know if there are any artists or designers that you'd like us to interview on the show. And we completely believe in shameless self-promotion, so if you think you're a good fit, go ahead and let us know. And you can do that by visiting creativeconfessionals.com and filling out the form on the page. All right, pals, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, friends. Bye.